Day. Happy Wednesday to you all. Welcome back to another episode on Ready, Set, Real Estate. Thank you all. Thank you. Let me just say this. Thank you all for supporting the show. We're doing amazing things to the point that we have grown to be now on Spotify. Yay. I have said that. I've been celebrating that. This is wonderful news because we are a very signature show. You know, we do flips, flops, booms and busts, the raw and uncut in real estate. But what's really special and significant about the show is two things. One, we are a show that supports our nonprofit Real Estate 100 Youth Foundation, which is this country's first real estate focused nonprofit for the youth and young adults in the country. And two, we are a show that seeks to represent diversity in our industry. All people, all aspects in this trillion dollars industry. And with that, I say, I am bringing to you Miss Anissa Robinson to the show, who's bringing 20 years of real estate experience. She is our lone lady. Anissa, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you, Lisa, for having me. I'm doing well today. How are you? I am wonderful. I've got, um, you know, I've got all that extra energy today. I said, I said maybe it's because I'm wearing pink. I don't know. That's my favorite color. <laughs> the color of <laughs> happiness. Yes, yes, yes. So there are, let me say this. We are bringing Anissa back to the show Anissa went in on the last show and I had to re-edit and it just didn't work out. When we first did this last year, I think she was on last year, time has gone by so quickly. This is actually episode 44. Let me correct you, correct myself. When I, when I realized how many episodes we're now in, we're at 44 and that's amazing. That is amazing. And you are on today to talk about the money. <laughs> Yeah, the key. The key is the money, right? The we money. All want something, but we gotta be able to have the funds to do so. Absolutely. And here's how I operate in my business. I refer to the money people. And when they say we can shop, then we shop. But most people start shopping before they have the money to go. <laughs> right. Okay, so 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 for those of you who are thinking about buying, investing, and jumping in the real estate game, we advocate that, yes. However, there's a very important step that needs to take place. And Anissa is going to walk us through that. And then we're yes, going to do some really important points when we're talking about the loan. So Anissa, share with people where you're from. Uh, we don't like to I'm originally, know. <laughs> I'm originally born and raised in Los Angeles, Southern California. 
Inglewood uh, is my area right down the street from your office actually is my uh, my origins. Um, but I service, I service Southern California, Nevada, Texas, um, Maryland. We do a couple different states, we do about 23 other states. But California is my home. So that's my niche uh, is helping homeowners here in Southern Cali get into properties. Um, I've been doing this for a long time. So I have a lot of uh, knowledge on the do's and don'ts. And my plan is to help more people transition from renting into home ownership over the next five years. Because as we know, the prices are going up, up, up and up and rent is going up. So it's best to uh, save your money, get on a plan if you're not quite ready yet. What I do with a lot of clients, first time home buyers, is I sit down with them and I go over a short term goal and a long term goal for them to uh, help them realize that it's possible for them to become homeowners. So the key thing is to sit down with your lender, have a very transparent conversation about your employment, uh, about your credit, and most importantly, uh, what payment you think that works best for your budget, because that's what I do. I don't sell rates. I sell payment. Um, mm. What payment works best for you so that you understand, you know, how much house you can afford? Because we all think we want, you know, a million dollar home until you see what the payment looks like. You're like, all right, maybe not. <laughs> I love that. Let, let me just kind of go back. I don't. You said I don't sell rates. I sell payment. I sell payments <laughs> and people yeah. get that. They get nice round numbers, right? How much can you afford? 1500, 2200, you know, you trying to quote a rate means nothing to someone who does not do this every day. Correct, correct. And sometimes we get advertisement from the meet, you know, social media and from our local banks. And so we get the idea of this is what rates are, but rates are very specific to borrowers and their credit score. And so the credit score and the type of loan program that you are eligible for dictates what the payment will be. So that's why I say payment over rate. Right. Very good. So I'd like mm -hmm. to think pointed out and that's very significant for our listening audience uh, who is looking to delve in and on this show we like to keep it basic we're not going to do advance even though we are dropping real estate gems with professionals like yourselves who bring a wealth of information and so with that i'd like to talk about the short-term goals and the long-term goals uh, okay. what does the short-term goal look like for someone who's a, a new buyer you know, not I like to say getting them mortgage ready is my my keyword or trigger word to my real my my lender professionals when I say, hey, this person needs to get mortgage ready because they do. Right. They, they don't have a concept of what that looks like. Would that be something that fits in the short term goal? I don't know. Definitely. Short term goals would be um, how soon do you want to buy? Yeah. Um, what is your what is what are you currently paying for rent? Uh, what what we often see in L.A. County and San Bernardino County and um, out in Ventura is that people are paying north fifteen hundred dollars a month for rent. So if you're currently paying fifteen hundred dollars a month for rent and you're comfortable with that and you feel like you can afford a little bit more then I try to. Um, analyze how much debt you have. The key to getting qualified for home is what we call the debt to income ratio, which means your total amount of monthly debt, your car payment, your credit cards, your student loans, 
divided by your income in addition to your proposed monthly payment. So that is the major factor that determines whether or not your loan will be approved and what type of loan that you'll be eligible for. So what I do with clients is the first question I ask them is, how much are you paying for your car note? <laughs> because right. we all typically have um, a car payment. Some of us are fortunate enough to be driving a car without a note, but many of us uh, do pay a car payment. So the car payment is typically the highest bill that you'll be paying monthly in addition to your rent. Um, so that's a key factor for me to find out if you're paying, you know, a lot for a car payment that sometimes can hurt the amount of purchase power that you have in the market. So that's one of the first things that I deal with. And then the next one is the student loans. Um, are you currently in school? Um, we used to be able to not to exclude student loans from the debt to income ratio. Um, but now they are still requiring us to take whatever the balance is, 5% of the balance to calculate the payment. So even though you may still be in school or your student loans are showing deferred, we still are calculating 5% of the balance into your debt to income ratio. So those are the first things that I like to talk to clients about. And then the next uh, portion is the credit score, the FICO score. Mm. Um, that is the key driving point to what type of interest rate and loan program um, a consumer would be eligible for. So very good. Now, and that was, oh, catch it on the replay, you guys. Really slow it down on that one because we she covered very important things as we're hearing about the significance, the significant impact of car loans and student loans. You can't just ignore it. No. <laughs> you know, no. you just can't ignore it. And unfortunately, you know, being in California, I think as my, my partner likes to say, we're in a car state, people need a car. And I'm not we think we need a car, well, we need a car, but we think we need a very fancy, expensive car. <laughs> yes. yes. So with and that, what happened? Go ahead. What happens? What happens is a lot of times not only do we need a car, but we sign for other people in our family to get a car. So we don't just have sometimes one car payment. We have two. So um, I like to sit down with clients, get the nitty gritty, ask the important questions. If I see two cars, um, one of the things that I like to share with the audience today is if you do co-sign for someone, a family hmm. member, a child to get a car in your name please, please, please allow that person to make the payments from their account. Because what we're able to do in underwriting is that we can exclude that additional payment that's not really being paid by you, but we have to have proof that the third party is paying it. So therefore, you need to have at least 12 months canceled checks or bank statements to show that the individual that you signed for is the party making the payment. Um, whenever that's um, able to be accomplished, then that will loosen up the debt to income ratio and allow you to have more purchase power. Oh my never, goodness. Hashtag gems. There it is. <laughs> Look, that, that alone, I'm good. That alone, yeah. it makes a huge difference. People because you know so many people that are doing this, right? Especially with uh, co parenting, co relationships, former relationships third party relationships everybody's got a situation ship <laughs> very true very so, true and the other important part of getting qualified for a loan in addition to your credit and your debt to income ratio is your time on your job 
Um, mm -hmm. A lot of times people come to me and they've recently switched jobs or they are out of fresh out of college and they're moving in transitioning into their career there are ways to still um, fit into the two-year employment criteria so for instance if you are a millennium and you're getting out of college and you've been working uh, part-time at taco bell or something like that and now you're transitioning into corporate america we can still use the time that you are in school as long as you're in school and you have proof with transcripts that you are, you know, were in school and now you're in entering into the workforce, that two year period is covered with your schooling. So it doesn't necessarily uh, stop you from being able to purchase a home, but you do need to have two years of employment in the same industry. So that's very important too. That is very important. Another real estate gem. Listen, y'all, because here's the thing. Our generation is now making up 37% of the first time home buyer market. And you're yeah. wondering, how is that possible with student loans? How is it possible? But I've been a full time student and I've only been on my job for one year. How is it possible that, you know, I co signed for the car? Anissa just dropped the gems. This is how. Because you can still factor in being a student that's considered work. I mean, you were working on your career so you can get the offer letter that shows that you're making all the fancy money now. And then she gave Absolutely. you the gem on the student loan. What percentage of the loan they're factoring as part of that. So again, and this is why I say talk to the money people, the loan lady, talk to the folks <laughs> that do the loans, that this is what they do for a living. And I think that's very important when I say that that way. I talk about this in my book. I'm not doing a plug, but this, it's very important that you understand depository institutions versus those direct lenders that are in the nature of doing, doing loans because Anissa here actually brings underwriting experience. And yes, the yes. significance of that is she knows what it takes to get the loan done. Yes, that's the key part is knowing um, what the underwriter is looking for, what what information should be included in the package, letters of explanation for any hardships. Um, I do have a lot of clients that are re-entering into the home buying market where they owned homes previously, but after the crash in 2008, they filed bankruptcy. Um, they you know, had some financial challenges as well as maybe health issues. And so now they are ready and they're in a position now to purchase a home. So the rule of thumb is if you file bankruptcy in the past, you have to be discharged. Okay. The mm. word is discharged means filed and then discharged. Two years from your discharge date, you're eligible for FHA loan. Okay. So that means you don't have to wait seven years five years. Um, for FHA, you only have to be discharged for two years. For conventional financing, um, you definitely have to be discharged for at least five years. Um, but that doesn't stop people from being able to purchase a home. So the right. key is if you have hardships and you've experienced things with your credit, the key is to, um, to confront them to pull, get a, get a full credit report, um, which I give to all my clients. There's a lot of people in the finance industry that they'll pull your credit, but they don't give you a copy of it. Well, that doesn't help if the doctor gives you a diagnosis and doesn't tell you what you have, right? So we need that credit report 
so that you're able to target and look at the things that maybe you were unaware of or things that slipped through the crack. But for sure, you want to get an actual what we call tri-merge credit report. That's a Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion, all three credit bureaus, because some bureaus report information that other bureaus don't, which is why you sometimes see a higher score with TransUnion versus Equifax or vice versa. So getting a, a credit report and being able to look at the items on there and identify any derogatory items that would hinder you from being approved um, prior to looking at a home, because we can right. fix all that stuff. Right. It, it can be fixed. You hear this? This is been I wanted to cover. I wanted to mention and touch on something when you talk about credit. So I like to remind people that your credit is a snapshot at that point in time. OK, Correct. life has happened. See, we already talked about bankruptcy means life happened. A situation happened that you've had to file bankruptcy, but you can re-enter and be a, a first time home buyer yes. again by HUD guidelines. This Correct. is a gem I'm dropping. Um, I'm, see, you know, giving away the goodies. Pay attention. First time home buyer by HUD guidelines is if you have not owned a home in the last three years, and really what they're looking for is that you did not write off the mortgage interest deduction. So what does Correct. all that mean? You can come in with as little as three and a half percent down. Is that correct, Anissa? Yes, that's correct. Three and a half percent. And then depending on your credit score, um, I currently have a Fannie Mae product, it's, uh, which only requires three percent down. Mm. I have a home possible program that only requires one and a half percent down. But these programs are FICO score driven. So the right. better the credit score, the more likely that you don't have to come in with as much down payment. But FHA is pretty much the barometer on first time home buyers because it allows the debt to income ratio to be a little higher than on a conventional loan product. Mm -hmm. So that's which way I most of my clients, you know, I kind of steer them towards FHA. But if you don't, if you're able to manage your debt and you don't have high debt to income ratios, then the conventional Fannie Mae programs are awesome right now. One and a half percent down to get into a home. And then when you have a savvy real estate agent like Lisa who can write an offer with the seller contributing, um, which most sellers, even in this market, it's a seller's market right now. We all know that. But a lot of times you can find sellers that want to close quickly and they understand because they've been on the other side of the coin being a being a first time buyer. They'll be willing to give you five thousand dollars towards closing just because they understand that's just more money they're going to be taxed on anyway. And it's a benefit to give it to the buyer as opposed to paying it, paying taxes on it. Right. And I'm so glad that you said that because it's almost what's really nice is unless it's a really difficult transaction, which. I'm in one right now where the seller is not giving anything because the, the deal is so tight on money. We get mm -hmm. it. But right. customarily, what's interesting is that it's almost a norm that sellers actually expect to give what we call concessions. And that's yes. because there's that there's been that comprehension about I was I, too, was once on the other side and I needed I needed closing cost assistance or I needed some concessions to help with closing on my purchase. So I like that you said that because that is so true. Even if we're in a seller's market, uh, we like to have yes. our clientele focus on making sure they have sufficient down payment to get in. And we like yes. to say let the lender and the agent and the team work out how we'll tighten up the file and, you know, pitch in some credits and some closing costs and make the deal work. Because ultimately yeah. the goal is 
to be an advocate for the client. So that's how I work with the team. And if you don't have someone that's working with you like that, this is why we're doing a show because people really don't know how much flexibility we have in the industry to make things work. <laughs> oh, yeah. If your agent and your lender and your seller are all on the same page, as well as the title company and the escrow company, transactions go smoother. They close faster. Um, and it's less cost and headache for a lot of people. So um, in our industry, it's a lot of relationship building. That's why mm -hmm. I feel like um, as a lender, I have really good relationships with my title and escrow people. Uh, when I have clients that are tight, where they only have their down payment, that's it. They have their down payment and that is all. I'll work with escrow. I'll say, you know, I just sent you four or five deals. I need you to come down 100 bucks, 200 bucks on your fees. Sounds like a little bit of money, right. but believe me, when you're at the tail end of a loan transaction closing, we just want to get the job done. So we don't want to hinder people with trying to figure out how they're going to come in with an extra two, three thousand agents like myself, loan officers and, and agents like Lisa will come together and we'll try to help come with credits to squeeze whatever we can squeeze to make the dream possible. That's because right. Again, we, want, we want you to get those keys. That's the thing. The keys are the key. Get the key. Get the key. Absolutely. And well said. I wanted if we can maybe touch on possibly debunking a misconception about credit score, because there's a whole bunch of apps right now. And people think if I work on Equifax, I'll be good. If I just work on TransUnion, I'll be good. If I just work on Experian, I'll be good. Can we just touch on that just real quick? Because you talked yeah. about the importance of pulling all three, but people yeah. don't realize that all three matter, not just okay. one. And, they, yes. and they are trying to, they're trying to figure out, oh, which one are they going to use? And I'm just going to work on that one. No, let's talk about it. Okay. So there's three major credit bureaus that are used in purchasing a home or anything on credit, TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian. There are very um, wide range of how FICO scores come up, but basically 35% of your credit score derives from your payment history. So if you are a person that has seasoned credit, which means you've had credit for five to 10 years and you paid everything on time and you've never had a late payment, your credit score is going to be north of 650, 680, maybe up to the 700. If you are only focused on one bureau, then we go off the medium score. So we have to go back to our elementary math and understand, you know, the medium. What does that mean? Well, it's three. So the one in the middle, the middle score is what dictates the interest rate. And that's the score that we use to approve you is the mid medium because TransUnion, like I said before, may be a little higher than Equifax. Experian may be a little lower than um, Experian. But at the end of the day, the three, scores, we use the medium score. So um, there are tools like Credit Karma that a lot of uh, consumers are using to track their scores. Um, those are not true FICO scores. That's a thermometer, a temperature. Okay. So, so the, I, and I tell people that it's a definitely a good tool to track your credit. Okay. So that means if you're a person that doesn't buy things online and doesn't shop you know, use your credit cards often, you want to have something like that because if something pops up on your credit that you are unaware of, you'll be notified. But a credit karma is a what we call a soft pool. 
Okay, it's not a hard pull. That means that they're giving you a thermometer, an idea. So there, if you know if you are in the desert and you see the thermometers right around 100, but then in your car, your thermometer says 110, there's a little bit of a discrepancy. Why? Because it's not 100% accurate. So that's why you don't want to rely fully on those um, consumer tools. Those are tools. They're not set in stone. So um, it's important that you have a full understanding of where your FICO score is, have an idea of it at all times. I tell people that keep keep track of your credit score. Have, if you don't pull it regularly, at least once or twice a year, you want to get a hard pull so that you know exactly where your FICO score is. Very good. I am so happy that you touched on that. And there was so much in this. We're just going, we'll, we got to leave it there, Nessa. We can't just, we can't give it all away. They got to okay. call. They got to reach out. How yes. do they do that? How do they get connected with you? Okay. Well, I am on social media. I have a Facebook page, Anissa Michelle Robinson, and also have a business page that I'm getting revved up. It's the Lone Lady on Facebook. And I'm yes. also on Instagram. Um, under two fun more. That's the number two F U N D M O R E. And my premise is to fund more loans to help more people get into homes. Um, I also, you know, I'm available by email and I'll share my contact information with Lisa so she can post it up, but I'm available Monday through Sunday. I never stop working. You can call me on a Saturday. I'm here for you. Um, I like to answer questions. I get a lot of questions from people online, email me, inboxing, wanting to get clarification. So I'm just a phone call or click of a button away. I love to get interactions with my people in the community and, and kind of give people an understanding that if you're not ready on this day, six months, a year, eight months, you, you can be ready. And it's just a matter of targeting the credit score uh, understanding where your debt is and if there's things like old collections that need to be taken care of. Um, I have a service that I also provide that helps with derogatory items to get things like that removed from your credit profile. So like Lisa stated, the credit score is just a here and now, right now, but it can change. You can, I've seen people go up a hundred points in 30 days. So those are things that we want to share with the community so that they are not turned away from the home buying experience because they think they have to have a 700 plus credit score. Our, our programs go all the way down to a 500 credit score. Um, VA loans are something that we're seeing a lot of people taking advantage of. Our veterans, VA doesn't have a minimum FICO score requirement. Okay, right. so if you're a person that's a veteran and you're renting, you need to call me. You need to call Lisa. You need to reach out to us because you are eligible to get the American dream with no hassle, limited hassle. It's owed to you, by the way. But definitely. It is owed to you as a veteran. It's owed to you. And you should take advantage of those benefits. Um, and one of the things I want to share about VA, so because people don't realize this, is that in order for you to use your husband or use a VA if you're not the veteran, is you have to be married. So that means mother and sister can't go on. It can only be husband and wife. So if you have a spouse that has a veteran, that's a veteran, please reach out to us and we will help you and show you how to utilize the VA benefit because that's something that we should take advantage of um, as, as, as citizens here and also if you're a vet. 
Oh, that was so wonderful. And I'm so glad that you touched on that. So we were able to touch on FHA, conventional and VA. And I think that was so timely to plug that in as we get ready to wrap this up. So for those of you who are listening, catch the replay. If you just jumped in, we are on with Anissa Robinson. She is a lone lady and she is on Instagram at two fund more. Did I say that correctly? That's correct. Yeah. Great. She's on Facebook at The Lone Lady, or definitely if you want to plug with her, plug in with her, get connected directly, just drop me a DM uh, or just get plugged in on the show. She's actually in the caption and you can just add her, send her a message. I realize it's best to contact people directly, by the way, because like Mm -hmm. me, I have about 600 pending requests. And messages you're that popular that I'm not going through all those messages. Please just use the chain of you know best way to reach out because I you know I appreciate it I really do but that's a lot y'all. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot to keep up with but email Facebook uh, Instagram I check my messages daily. Um, I like to stay on top of my people so just reach out to me and I'm here for you and I, I have no problem answering questions. Um, I don't make money unless you close. So pretty much. <laughs> You call. You can call me. You can text me and ask me anything. At the end of the day, if I have a complete loan file on you and I get you on a plan, you're gonna have keys in your hand. We don't have any issues. My company with redlining folks, telling deterring people. If you can't qualify today, we will get you where you can qualify. It's sometimes just the knowledge of understanding the information that's out there. And a lot of times in our community, we don't have the right information. We're getting bits and pieces. So today we shared a lot of key information and there's a lot of other stuff that I would love to share with you guys. So please feel free to reach out to me anytime. I'm so happy that you touched on that. And I just want to make a point here to to revisit that when you said, if we cannot get you the loan, we can't get to funding, we can't get to closing, which means no one is in business. No one is earning their their keep. And with that said, especially with so many services about credit and whatnot, work with the lender professional. She just said she helps, you know, people, I, I respect everyone's hustle, I do. However, when we're talking about this, it makes best to go to the loan person. They're giving you the money. They're telling you (laughs) fixed. So go to them to help you fix it. That's all I'm going to say about that. Anissa, any last comments, remarks you want to share with our listening audience as we wrap up? I do want to share this um, with the with the audience and anybody that's going to jump on and see this later. Home ownership is the key to building generational wealth. We are at a disadvantage in our community from generational wealth. So purchasing a property, sometimes it seems like a daunting task, but it can be done. And if you're in the market to buy something in the future, you can get a give us a call and we will put you on the right plane to get where you need to go. And like I've said, um, I'm licensed in other states. So California is a very expensive market for our investors. So I'm working on putting a best investor program together to help more people uh, get that residual income, not just a primary home, but investment properties. So reach out to me on those things. I want to help people get to their, their goals, becoming millionaires and not having to use their own personal assets. Use the bank's money to make money. That's what I that's what I recommend you do. Use the bank's money to make money. OPM, chapter yeah. chapter one in my second book. <laughs> <laughs> Anissa, 
thank you so much for thank doing this again with me. I appreciate you. And uh, this is this has been amazing. And we're definitely going to look forward to people giving you a call and supporting your business so that this we all win, you guys. This is very easy. It really is. <laughs> it really is. Yes. It really yeah. is. All right, well, you guys. Thank you for having me today. I appreciate you. Good luck to you and everything you got going on. Home ownership. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You guys, that was an amazing and powerful show. Be sure you stay connected. Visit the website, realestate100youth.org. Learn more about our nonprofit work. Again, Ready Set Real Estate supports what we do for the youth and young adults of our communities on a national level. All right. We'll see you next week on Ready, Set, Real Estate. Thanks, you guys. <laughs>